using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show. Welcome on this Thursday, August 1st, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. We're going to be talking about the debate last night. Of course, uh, if you watched it or even if you've seen the news reports, you realize that the key exchange yesterday, other than the back and forth between what was expected, uh, people attacking Biden as the front runner, they were trying to get some traction there. But the key exchange really was between Tulsi Gabbard and Kamala Harris. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard really took her down. One of the reasons is because there's been a lot of uh, Kamala Harris has gone after uh, others quite a bit, even going after Tulsi Gabbard, uh, criticizing her uh, for essentially being a supporter of Assad, President Assad in Syria, because she went there to try to uh, stop regime change. And uh, she had a, a trip that was authorized by Congress. She said she didn't realize she was going to be talking to Assad. But when the opportunity presented itself, she said, I want to see what we can do to try to stop that war. Uh, she wants to try to stop the new Cold War as well uh, with Russia. So uh, we're going to have a back and forth of that as well as uh, something that is also related to that. Uh, she also made another statement last night as she has repeatedly for the last several months, saying that the U.S. government, continuing into the Trump administration, has been supporting al-Qaeda in Syria and elsewhere. She was criticized for saying that by one individual who said, this is InfoWars-level stuff. Yes, thank you. It is. It is. We've been saying this for many years. We've been saying it since 2007 when we had five-star General Wesley Clark who was the supreme commander of NATO in the Kosovo War. This is a guy who, whatever you think of Wesley Clark, he was definitely on the inside in the Pentagon. And he said back in 2007, he said, hey, I've been told by a couple of individuals, we've got a plan to take down seven countries in five years. Well, they're a little bit behind schedule, but they've been right on schedule with these takedowns. And just like General Flynn who told us, yes, the CIA is working with al-Qaeda in Syria for regime change. Now Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard is saying the same thing. And the knives are out for her. So we're going to talk about that. But as this is all coming together, as we talk about al-Qaeda, as we talk about ISIS, uh, Mujahideen, whatever names you want to come up with, it's the same people working with and for elements of the U.S. government. And, of course, we saw this going back to 9-11. And now we have, interestingly enough, as all this is uh, coming to a head, and we had five days ago a New York fire commissioners, uh, five of them in one of the boroughs where they had some firefighters who died in 9-11. They came back and said, uh, we endorse this uh, move to get a grand jury to open up investigations because we have ironclad proof that there were explosives in the building, independent and apart from the planes that flew into the buildings in 9-11. And so now it's kind of interesting because the establishment has come out and said, uh, well, look, we've got Osama bin Laden's son. No information on how he died, where he died, who did it. Well, that's just uh, mainstream media headline news. And we have the guy who is the alleged mastermind. And more reporting from mainstream media, Wall Street Journal, saying that uh, Sheikh Khalid Mohammed is uh, going to uh, give us some information in exchange for not being executed. 
And they're saying, well, perhaps this could get us uh, some truth for the 9-11 families. Look, that's the key thing that needs to be done. We need the truth for the 9-11 families, and we need the truth for America, because this whole thing has been used as an excuse to take away our liberties, to turn us into a police surveillance state, to continue one war after the other, the entire authorization for the use of military force, which is now being used as a magic wand to get past the constitutional requirements to ever talk about a war before we deploy troops there. All of this flows from that seminal event. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at what Tulsi Gabbard had to say about that and other things. We'll take a look at the debate. And we'll also take a look at how the Federal Reserve just dropped interest rates. What does that mean? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Deceit. Telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And now, the David Knight Show. Welcome on this Thursday, August the 1st, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. Today, we're going to take a look at what happened last night in the uh, second debate in a uh, we've had uh, two different groups of debates they have so many Democrats running that they have to do them in two nights of 10 candidates and there really isn't much substance in these debates very shallow as presidential debates always are very shallow the corporate media is not going to ask any difficult questions uh, and they ask the same questions about the same issues over and over again so yet again last night we were treated to all of the endless Free health care, free college, open borders, talk that we hear from the Democrats all the time, and raise everybody's taxes. Uh, they can't possibly raise taxes enough to pay anywhere near a fraction of this. So why are they talking about raising taxes? Well, because they want you dependent on them. They're going to give you a little handout. They'll give you maybe, you know, $1,000 a month. <laughs> universal basic poverty is what it is. It's not universal basic income. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about who wins the sweepstakes for the biggest giveaway. Yeah, it's actually been totaled up. I think John Stossel did it. We'll give you his totals. Uh, who is the biggest spender of the biggest losers that are there on stage? But I also want to talk about what happened with Tulsi Gabbard. She was a standout last night. Uh, she is a surprisingly serious, straightforward uh, candidate. Not playing games, not trying to take people down. I mean, the only thing you could maybe say about what she did yesterday was uh, that she was, at first you look at him, well, maybe she's defending Joe Biden, attacking Kamala Harris, uh, and maybe she is angling wisely for a VP slot. Uh, but, you know, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's not uh, too bad. But she also has a, uh, a bit of a grudge herself against Kamala Harris. We'll talk about that when we come up to it. But first of all, uh, when we look at what we saw last night, uh, Joe Scarborough was very upset. Uh, this rhino, who is now the host of uh, Morning Joe with Zbigniew Brzezinski's daughter, uh, he blasted the Democrats for, quote, attacking Obama's policies more than Trump's. And they did that because they were coming after Joe Biden. And so they wanted to attack Joe Biden. And so they made him run 
on uh, policies of Obama's that they didn't like. And uh, so he is very upset about that. Uh, we should not be criticizing Obama. We should not be criticizing him over uh, health care issues. Uh, but just understand that uh, it's still Democrats who we're talking about here. And to underscore this, you had Bill de Blasio vowing that he will, quote, tax the hell out of the wealthy. <laughs> As if we didn't know. Yes, we're talking about Democrats. Uh, they're going to raise taxes. They're going to spend, when we talk about spending up to $4 trillion a year when you total up these programs, there's absolutely no way that they can get that from the economy. As I pointed out the other day, you look at the various different measures of the monetary supply. You, know, you look at things like uh, the amount of cash in circulation. Take a look at all of the money and bank accounts. Take a look at the CDs on deposit, certificates of uh, deposit and so forth. Uh, you total that up, and that's not enough to pay for one year of this stuff. Taking all the money in circulation in the United States. So, of course, uh, they're not going to be able to pay for this in taxes. Why do they even care? I mean, the Democrats don't care about the deficit. President Trump doesn't care about the deficit anymore either. Neither do the Republican establishment. You had Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy... President Trump join Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi saying, eh, we'll just forget about the deficit ceiling. And uh, we're going to add it at about the rate of a trillion dollars a year for the next couple of years at least. And then we'll take a look at it two years down the road, maybe. You know, and then we'll kick the ball down the road a little bit further. So if they don't care about the annual deficit, if they don't care about the cumulative debt, then why do they have to take money from us? Well, again, they don't want you to earn any money. If you earn money and keep that, then you might get a little bit independent of the government. They can't have that. You've got to be dependent on them for your uh, work, for your food, for your housing, for your education, for your transportation, you name it. Every aspect of our lives has to be provided for by the government. That's why they want to keep raising taxes on you. It isn't to pay for any of this stuff. They're not anywhere close to paying for anything now. They're missing it by a trillion dollars a year, and now they want to raise it by another $4 trillion a year, the spending. They're going to be $5 trillion a year short. There's absolutely no way that you can tax the hell out of everybody to pay for that. Take everybody's money, not just the wealthy, everybody's money, all money in circulation, all money in the banks, all the treasuries and CDs, Forget about it. You can't pay for that. It's just a way to enslave you. Now, as de Blasio was there, I, uh, earlier in the week, I talked about how his staff was mocking him to reporters, saying, this guy's just on an ego trip. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's just his pure arrogance that he's even running. And he had protesters outside who followed him all the way from New York. New York Police Department officers protested de Blasio outside of the Democrat debate. Uh, they, were, they had signs and they were chanting, can't run the city, can't run the country. Can't run the city, can't run the country. <laughs> Roughly 20 New York officers were chanting outside the theater. Uh, they also carried signs accusing de Blasio of failing to help homeless New Yorkers, of cutting city workers' health care, and of putting working people last. The cops traveled all the way from New York and they said, we're here to tell our mayor that he should come back and finish the job he ran for. He ran to be the mayor of New York City. Now he's doing this run. We don't know why, but he's got a lot of unfinished work in this city. And one of those things he should be uh, negotiating is with us. He keeps running away from us, so we're going to chase him. 
as much as we have to. We're going to make sure he knows that he should be back at the table and do his job. It's amazing to me that this guy <laughs> is still in office. Uh, everybody hates him in New York. Everybody was laughing at him in New York. And the police hate him so much that when he shows up, they turn their backs on him. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. But inside, there were more protesters of Bill de Blasio. On the other side, these are protesters who are protesting the uh, fact that they felt like there'd been no justice in the death of Eric Garner. And so they started chanting inside the theater, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, which is what he was saying as the police essentially killed him over the fact that he was selling Lucy's, uh, loose cigarettes to, you know, this is a way to get around the uh, exorbitant Uh, confiscatory taxes that they have in New York City on tobacco, for example. If you tax anything enough, what you do is you create a vibrant black market for it. You know, tobacco is legal to buy in New York. So, you know, why would there be a vibrant black market in tobacco? Well, because their taxes are so high. And you're going to see the same thing happen again with marijuana in California. It's going to give them an excuse to crack down on people who are using marijuana for medical uses or for uh, recreational use uh, because the taxes are so high on marijuana. So they're going to go right back into just another form of drug prohibition. Uh, But again, they were protesting de Blasio over that. And then Joe Biden was hit with an immigration protest. Stop all deportations on day one, they were chanting. And um, are these people who were protesting uh, de Blasio uh, started yelling, fire Pantaleo. Now, you yell fire in a crowded theater. <laughs> That's what they were doing, but uh, not that kind of fire. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the candidate that was there on the first night of the second round of the debates, uh, Tim Ryan, uh, still talking about how out of touch the Democrat field is. He said, Democrats will lose 48 states If they eliminate private health insurance, he said, I think if our nominee is talking about taking private health care away, we'll lose 48 states. And I'm not I'm having a rough time figuring out the two states that we're going to win. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about what happened in the debate specifically last night. Uh, CNN's ratings uh, dropped significantly. They had 8.7 million TV views. Uh, NBC on the first round of two debates had uh, 18.1. So um, it's about half of what they had. And uh, I noticed that uh, as well. People are getting tired of seeing the same candidates, the same questions, and nothing but racism this and racism that. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Serving with InfoWars is a great honor, but I still need my morning coffee. And luckily, our break room at the InfoWars headquarters is stocked full of high-quality InfoWars store Patriot Blend coffee. Grown in the high mountains of southern Mexico, the Chiapas farmers grow 100% organic, non-GMO coffee at the ideal altitude for the perfect cup. A robust coffee with great flavor and mild acidity. There has never been a more important time to support InfoWars. So if you love coffee, and if you want to fight for freedom, then you can help. Order now at the InfoWars store. Sign up for AutoShip and get your own high-quality supply of Patriot Blend coffee delivered right to your door at InfoWarsStore.com. 
time to show them what a real alpha male looks like with one of our most powerful products ever made, Alpha Power. As you age, your body can lose testosterone over time. With the incredible ingredients in this formula, we can help you beat the test of time and assist in restoring that lost energy and mood that comes with time and age. Alpha Power's incredible ingredients can help you boost your sports performance or enhance your day-to-day -day life with ease while encouraging hormonal balance. Perfect by itself or with super male vitality in the true alpha male pack. Alpha Power can help boost performance, help maintain normal testosterone levels, support healthy cholesterol, and more. Let Alpha Power help bring you to the peak of your optimal health. Don't fall short on energy in the fight against tyranny. Show the world what a true alpha male looks like today with Alpha Power. Head to InfoWarsStore.com today. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Left of me, jokers to even further left of me. That was Clown World. Last couple of nights, we've had the uh, debate covered it live here at Infowars. Michael Moore says he doesn't see a street fighter yet on the Democrat side that can beat Trump. We need a street fighting woman. <laughs> uh, call Marvel. Uh, they've they've got a whole range of social justice superheroes who are going to promote intersectionality for Disney. Uh, now that Disney's taken it over, all the uh, superheroes of the Marvel Universe are transitioning. Uh, Thor will be a fem uh, female and on and on. You, you get the idea. You understand where they're going with this at Disney. Uh, but, yeah, they don't have a street-fighting woman in the Democrat Party yet. Uh, call Central Casting. Uh, maybe, uh, he, says, uh, she hasn't, he says, she hasn't announced that she's running yet. I'll leave it at that. Is this her call for Hillary to come back? Yeah, she is a street-fighting woman, all right. Uh, just get a couple of people to hold her up when she collapses on the street, and you'll be right back. You'll have a rematch, grudge match, is what we'll have there. Meanwhile, Marianne Williamson supporters have created a, quote, occult task force. An occult task force. A group of witches and magicians on Reddit, reports the Daily Caller, have uh, started a new form of activism that they call the occult task force. Uh, the group hopes that magic will help to boost Marianne Williamson. Uh, they have shared memes and they have performed synchronized <laughs> gestures. Uh, look, uh, these people take this stuff really seriously. I mean, Marianne Williamson was the guru that's been behind a lot of this new age Hollywood stuff since the 80s and 90s. Uh, this Course in Miracles, uh, psycho babble, but it's really occultic. It's not just psycho babble, and it really is occultic. And she's been the advisor to Oprah, to Gwyneth Paltrow. You look at all that stuff that she's got, all the goop she has there. Yeah, it's a lot of mysticism, uh, a lot of dark 
psychic sexual energy behind all this stuff. Online supporters of Williamson, the Orb Queen, as they call themselves, or maybe she calls herself that, I don't know. They call themselves the Orb Gang. And a popular left-wing political podcast uh, said that we're going to pierce the veil of reality and observe the realm beyond, full of glimmering orbs. Yes, yes, uh, that's the, maybe that's the dark psychic uh, aspect she was talking about. Certainly is dark, and it's coming out of Hollywood. Uh, And it's tied in with Oprah and Michael Jackson and the Neverland Ranch that she performed Elizabeth Taylor's eighth wedding at. (laughs) These are the people who are going to lecture us on spirituality. Uh, Joe Biden was attacked repeatedly. And again, as uh, Joe Scarborough wrung his hands and said that they're attacking Obama more than they are President Trump because they kept coming after Joe Biden because he was a front runner. Uh, And uh, talking about immigration, Joe Biden is now saying, at least for the election, that they should not decriminalize illegal immigration. He said, it's a crime. Well, of course, they admit that it's a crime if they say they want to decriminalize it. It is a crime. They don't want it to be a crime anymore. And I just ask you, how long do you think it's going to take Joe Biden before, after he becomes president, after the election, Uh, If he wins, how long would it take him to say, yeah, you're right. Uh, We don't want to make it a crime. Look at how soft President Trump got when everybody starts saying, you're going to throw these dreamers out of the country? Remember, these are not even anchor babies. These are people who came here up to the age of 30-something. This is a class of people. There was never a dream act that was passed. So there is nobody that is really a dreamer. These are people that the Obama administration said, we're not going to enforce the law. We're going to defer enforcement of this law. And so essentially what they were saying was, uh, yeah, it is a crime, but we're not going to do anything about it, even though we swore to uphold the Constitution, even though we swore to enforce the laws, the Homeland Security Secretary said, we're not going to do that. And now you've got judges telling uh, President Trump, no, you're not going to be allowed to enforce the law because there's an executive order from the previous administration. You can't do anything about that. And President Trump says, oh, okay, because his attorney general will say you have to do everything the Supreme Court says. Whatever We have judicial superiority. So his Trump's lawyers, like Barr and others, say, well, we gotta, we got to beg them for this. And uh, if they allow us to do that, then we, we can do it. If they allow us to enforce the Constitution, to enforce the law, then we can do it. But if the judges tell us to ignore the law, we have to ignore the law. Uh, Biden distanced himself from the Obama years when the administration set records for deportation, saying he would not go back to the years of 400,000 removals a year. Absolutely not. Yeah, he's not going to do anything to enforce the border. Uh, What do you say to all those people around the border who want the same thing, he said. If you cross the border illegally, you should be able to be sent back. It's a crime. And then uh, Julian Castro uh, said open borders is a right-wing talking point. Frankly, I'm disappointed. Yes, he would be because his mother was one of the co-founders of La Raza. Uh, The race first, everything for the race Nothing for anyone but the race, the race that he wants to bring across the border, the race that is racing across the border, quite frankly. And then we have Cory Booker, the guy he was so desperate for attention last night, uh, saying, going so far as to say Trump won Michigan because Russians suppressed the black vote. We lost the state of Michigan because everybody from Republicans to Russians 
<laughs> we're targeting the suppression of African-American voters. If the African-American voter had been like it was four years earlier, we would have won Michigan. Well, maybe uh, African-Americans woke up to the fact, Corey, that uh, you and Obama have not done anything for them. But I want to take a look at what I think was the central issue of this. And, and that, of course, was uh, the central takedown uh, of Kamala Harris last night. Uh, everybody is talking about the exchange between Tulsi Gabbard and Kamala Harris like they were talking about the exchange between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden in the previous groups of debates, except this time Kamala Harris is on the losing end. But even more importantly, I want to talk about uh, what Tulsi Gabbard had to say about foreign policy, about terrorism, about al-Qaeda, and it ties in to new information that is coming out all the time about al-Qaeda and 9-11 and other issues. We've got two new breaking stories about that, actually three. It was five days ago that the New York fire commissioners and one of the bureaus of New York endorsed the call for a grand jury investigation of what happened on 9-11. We had uh, investigators put together a, uh, a document, give it to uh, one of the federal attorneys, said he would look into that, he would investigate it as he's required to do with a grand jury. Those documents say that it wasn't just planes. They said that there's evidence of internal explosives in the building. Now, the only way that you can have internal explosives in the building that would cause a demolition is if it was planned and prepared a long time in advance, uh, not an impromptu act of terrorism. So we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about what Tulsi Gabbard had to say about war and regime change. Stay with us. George Orwell said that in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And so used to, it wasn't that important to wear the American flag because we still loved our country and there wasn't a large group of people that actually hated it. But now they're trying to take it out of schools. They're taking it down off of government buildings. Weird white leftists that want a virtue signal are pulling down American flags and running up Mexican flags. This is the bizarreness of the America hating we're seeing. So now it is a revolutionary act in a time of incredible deceit and oppression and bullying to wear the American flag, particularly the Betsy Ross anti-slavery flag. And particularly when it says on the back, Right there, ladies and gentlemen, America's back, InfoWars.com. So whatever you do, take action today and exercise your free speech in these bullies' face all over, not just the U.S., but worldwide, because more than ever, the American flag is a symbol of freedom against globalism. Alec. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Making sense common again. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. We're going to talk about 9-11. We're going to talk about the Federal Reserve. Yeah, those, thing, those things just don't go away. And they came up again last night in the debate. It's back in the news. And actually, you know, the Federal Reserve is now back in the news with Google. Google Insider, who had talked about the Google search blacklists. You know, certain things are not, not going to be allowed to... Uh, uh, to look up, you know, things like abortion. You look up abortion, you're not going to get any pro-life videos. 
And uh, now they're saying, you know, they're, they're blacklisting information about the Federal Reserve. Well, yes, I know that. I know that because I experienced that firsthand. They actually silenced my video back in December of 2013. I've been in their crosshairs for quite some time. We still do have a channel up there for now. And we're going to put that video back up again. <laughs> See if they take the channel down. If you want to uh, follow... We've still got about uh, 57,000 people who were following me before they immediately took me down without explanation, never gave us an explanation, never gave us a reason, never gave us a strike. Uh, they had blocked that video on the uh, Federal Reserve back in 2013. But other than that, I'd never had a strike, certainly not against this show. And they said, uh, we've had a complaint. Your channel's gone. Could never get it reinstated. Could never get an answer. I couldn't get an identification as to what the offending videos were because it's supposed to be three strikes and you're out, right? A single complaint, unspecified, your channel is gone. But it is back now. We're up to about 3,000 subscribers. So if you want to subscribe to that, uh, you 57,000 other people who used to subscribe to the channel, you can find it on YouTube, Libertarian, L-I-B-E-R-T-Y, Libertarian. I'm not a libertarian. I'm a libertarian. The libertarians have kind of gone liberal-tarian. <laughs> I'm still about individual liberty. So you can find it there on YouTube, also on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, find uh, me there for, I guess, a, a limited time only as well. Uh, they've capped my number of followers, and I know how that works. You know, they keep, as people follow me, I can see how they'll let it go up for a couple of days, and then they'll take it back down. So they keep it within a, about plus or minus 100 people. They keep close tabs on my followers. And I know that they are unfollowing people. So if you think that you're following me on Twitter, you might want to check that out and uh, refollow me because they unfollowed my wife from following me, as they were suggesting to her uh, for quite some time. Don't you want to turn off notifications uh, from your husband? <laughs> uh, and then uh, suggested to her that she follow Alexandria Occasional Cortex, and she didn't do either of those things. And so then they unfollowed her from me. And as I said yesterday, I, when I came into work yesterday morning, I saw Rob do and he said, do you unfollow me? I said, no. He goes, well, you're not following me anymore. <laughs> I said, well, Google did that automatically. They've capped you as well. So uh, if you think you're following me, you may or may not be following me. You may need to refollow me. And you can resubscribe to me now on YouTube. Uh, you can find both of those places, Libertarian, YouTube, and Twitter. Let's go to Tulsi Gabbard. What happened yesterday? Well, as uh, we saw, Breitbart's reporting, uh, she won the poll of Breitbart News, as well as the Drudge poll uh, for the second Democrat debate. She got 50% in Breitbart's poll. And then uh, second place was Andrew Yang at 20%, Biden in third at 8%, and Bill de Blasio fourth at 7%. That's amazing. People weren't buying Cory Booker. He was pretty desperate yesterday. So he, he doesn't figure in the top four of either of these two polls. Uh, so that was the uh, Breitbart poll, Gabbard 50%. Uh, in the Drudge poll, she had 39%. Again, Yang was second at 24%. And again, Biden was third, uh, this time with 15%. De Blasio fourth, again, at 5%. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, one through four was the same on both the Drudge and Breitbart poll. And uh, she had the big moment in the debate, actually in both of the debates, against Kamala Harris. And as uh, uh, Tim Black pointed out, they cut her off as she was calling out the war machine. We're going to play this for you so you can hear it. Uh, Chris 
Saliza at uh, CNN said Tulsi Gabbard had a very strong close, a really good debate for her, and uh, CNN was not too happy about that. As a matter of fact, uh, when the debate was going, I saw uh, another person who worked for CNN. I didn't know who they were, but I I thought, well, that's kind of a snarky comment. They said, uh, all strong candidates so far. Well, and then there's Tulsi Gabbard. Who's this guy? Oh, yeah, he works for CNN. Uh, They make sure that they sideline her on there. And, of course, she was, again, the most searched candidate during the debate, according to Google Trends. Now, remember, she's got a lawsuit against Google because as she was trending on Google after the first group of debates, they basically shut down her ads and all of her information for six hours. She disappeared. Uh, They made sure that (laughs) that wasn't going to happen. And uh, so good for her. I'm glad that she is taking on Google. We're going to be talking about Google, their control, even supporting the Federal Reserve. And again, the Federal Reserve is now lowering interest rates. Uh, This is something they haven't done for a while, lowered at a quarter of a point yesterday. So we'll talk about that as well coming up in the show. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, as CNN said, breaks through in a fiery debate performance. That was their headline. Uh, They said otherwise dominated by Biden's defense of his record against attacks from all the other candidates prior to the debate, her campaign has largely been marked with low poll numbers and controversy surrounding her past views on gay marriage and LGBT equality. Yeah, uh, that is one of the issues with Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, she used to be for traditional marriage, very strongly for it. Uh, she has a conservative family. I think her father is uh, Roman Catholic. Her mother is Hindu. She said, no, I believe in, uh, you know, traditional marriage. She has now changed on that. And so you have to be concerned. You know, any politician can jettison their principles when it's convenient for them to do so. A CNN poll released earlier this month found that she had just 1% support. But let's get to the exchange between her and Kamala Harris. And let me give you the context for this. What they were trying to do on CNN, uh, Jake Tapper, he was trying to set up a confrontation again between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. And so uh, Kamala Harris said, uh, I'd like to talk about this conversation about Eric Garner. And again, remember, Eric Garner was in 2014, but she lays it at the feet of Donald Trump, (laughs) even though it was 2014. Not his Justice Department. He wasn't the mayor of New York City. None of that. But she says, I'd like to talk about this conversation about Eric Garner because it gives her an opportunity to play the race card. Because I, too, met with his mother. And one of the things that we've got to be clear about is this president of the United States, Donald Trump. While he's been in office, he's quietly been allowing the U.S. Department of Justice to shut down consent decrees to stop pattern and practice investigation. And so um, Tapper goes back and forth with her for a little bit. And then he says, uh, throws it over to uh, Vice President Biden. Uh, because uh, she comes in and then criticizes as they're going back and forth with Tapper. Uh, She criticizes Obama because it all happened under Obama. And so it was a way to attack Biden because he's responsible for what Obama did. So Tapper says, uh, Vice President Biden, I want to give you a chance to respond to what Senator Harris just said. He said, well, when Senator Harris was attorney general for eight years in the state of California, There were two of the most segregated school districts in the country in L.A. and San Francisco. And she did not. I didn't see a single solitary time she brought a case against them to desegregate them. Secondly, she was also in a situation where she had a police department when she was there that, in fact, was abusing people's rights. 
And the fact was that she, in fact, was told by her own people that her own staff that she should do something about and disclose to the defense attorneys like me that you have, in fact, been the police officer did something. (laughs) You get the idea. Biden was not having a very good night. (laughs) He's kind of stumbling around. The police officer did something. Didn't give you the information of what? It's inaudible. Uh, Your client, uh, she didn't do that. She never did it. And so what happened? Along came a federal judge and said, enough, enough. And he freed a thousand of the people. You doubt me, Google a thousand prisoners freed. Kamala Harris. Uh, That was his counterattack. But then they got uh, over to Tulsi Gabbard. They brought Tulsi Gabbard in, and she went for the juggler. We'll have that when we come back. Stay with us. What has big tech become? Uh, big tech are big babies that have become big bullies. And the way they did so is because they faced no consequence, social, economic, political, or legal, for their illicit activities over two decades. And because of that, that's why the courts, the judges, the juries, the members of the independent free press that care about this, the ordinary members of the public and the audience that care about this, have to bring real social, political, economic consequence to their course of conduct. Otherwise, they will never change. And they will become the big tech oligarchs, the equivalent to the big trust of the 19th century, who ran American politics and ran American economy almost into the ground until we were able to recover after the Great Depression. The InfoWars audience is the fuel that flames the the, the light of liberty across the world to make real the actions of independent free speech, to make real the original promise of an independent free press. Real collusion is big tech and big media manipulating and working with each other to try to meddle with elections, to try to shape people's thoughts. And then the whopper of telling us the whole time it's not happening. It's the ultimate form of gaslighting. What you just saw isn't what you just saw, even it is what what you just saw. (laughs) As we witness the most disastrous geological activity in recorded history, the globalists are backed into a corner and the leftists are pushing for civil war. Borders are being broken and sovereignty is being challenged. The world is going to change and how it changes will likely be decided by those who are prepared to stay strong when the system fails. The system is vulnerable. Electricity could be gone in an instant and grocery stores could be empty in three days. Having storable foods and the ability to purify water will give you a fighting chance in the next level. And being without puts you at the mercy of others or makes you a slave to a dying system. Buy storable foods and an Alexa Pure Gravity water filter today. Support mankind by being prepared and support freedom by buying from InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. As I was saying, we're just getting up to the key takeaway, I think, of the debate last night. But there's actually two key takeaways from the debate, uh, both of them centering around Tulsi Gabbard, in my opinion. Uh, Again, it began with Kamala Harris trying to attack Biden 
and trying to attack Trump playing the race card. Talking about the fact that uh, Eric Garner was killed in New York. And he goes, this goes back again to 2014. So the Obama administration was in charge, but she attacks President Trump. And, you know, we just had uh, video footage released of a man who was killed in Dallas. Not New York, but in Dallas. He wasn't doing anything illegal. He was uh, a guy who was uh, struggling with mental illness. He called the police. He called 911 for help. When the police got there, he was already handcuffed uh, by the private security, and he asked them for help. Instead, uh, 20 minutes later, after the police arrived, uh, they wound up killing him, killing him, even though he was handcuffed and nonviolent when they arrived. And so when we look at this type of thing, this guy was not black. Racism was not involved. You have to ask yourself, if they really want to help Eric Garner, if they really want to try to do something about police who are out of control. When this happens, we ought to all come together, black and white, and solve these issues. As this case in Dallas illustrates, this is a national issue. The federal part of this, and it goes beyond the Civil Rights Division or anything, it's the Department of Justice in Washington, D.C., that really stepped it up under the Obama administration, really stepped up the rules under which the police operate and encouraged a shoot first, as it was called uh, by a police instructor at the police academy in uh, New Mexico. He said, I'm not going to teach this anymore. This is a shoot first curriculum. And uh, they're changing the way the police interact with uh, the community. And we need to change it back. And we need to get more oversight. And we need to understand that more white people are killed. Yes, as a percentage, it's higher for black people. So why don't we get the black people and the white people together and say, let's get control of how the police are going to do policing. Take this shoot first curriculum from Washington, D.C. away. And let's start re-educating the police as to how they're going to operate. And when we got a bad uh, individual, let's do something about it. But instead, Kamala Harris is just going to play the division game. She's going to make it all about race. And uh, she started talking about Donald Trump, which is completely off base. Uh, she starts to say, oh, in that case, we also know that. And she was out of time. And so Jake Tapper tried four times, four times to try to stop her. You know, my daughter was watching it. And she said, I really don't like her. She won't stop talking when her time is up. Four times he kept trying to stop her. And she kept going on about the Civil Rights Division. Civil Rights, this is important, the Civil Rights Division of the United States. So she started getting into the Obama administration. And then, as I said, just before we went to break, uh, Tapper throws it to Biden because then that becomes a criticism of Obama. And he stumbles around. He doesn't know how to reply to it. And then uh, Tapper says, well, I want to bring in Congresswoman Gabbard and let's play the clip. Congresswoman Gabbard, you took issue with Senator Harris confronting Vice President Biden at the last debate. You called it a quote false accusation that Joe Biden is a racist. What's your response? I want to bring the conversation back to the broken criminal justice system that is disproportionately negatively impacting black and brown people all across this country today. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. Yes, she blocked yes, evidence. exactly. Been saying that for a long time. Thank you. Have freed an innocent man 
from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash you, bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Thank you, Congresswoman. Uh, Senator Harris, your response. As the elected Attorney General of California, I did the work of significantly reforming the criminal justice system yeah. of a state of 40 million people, which became a national model I'm a big for the deal. work that needs to be done. I was done. elected, and 40 million people. Work. And I am proud of making a decision to not just give fancy speeches or be in a legislative body and give speeches on the floor, but actually doing the work of being in the position to use the power that I had to reform a system that is badly in need of reform. That is why she didn't we reform created it. initiatives that were about re-entering former offenders and getting them counseling. Thank it is you. why, and because I know that criminal justice Thank system you, is Senator. so broken, that I am an advocate for what Thank we you, need Senator. to do to your, not your only decriminalize, but legalize shut marijuana up. in the United okay, States. Okay, let's shut her up. We don't have to listen to her continue to go on. But that's, again, <laughs> you tried four times before to get her to shut up before we went to Biden. Still couldn't get her to shut up there. Uh, Mike Gravel, who is also running for president and a uh, several-term senator from Alaska who did not make the debates. I really wish he had because that would have made for some great moments. Uh, he came out and said, uh, Gabbard did an excellent job. He said, Tulsi did an excellent job exposing the reality that Kamala is a hollow candidate. Hypocrite, really. Uh, a candidate with an atrocious prosecutorial record and a newcomer to progressivism, another careerist who only wants power. Thank you, Tulsi, said Mike Gravel. Michael Tracy said uh, Biden is too cognitively decrepit to effectively expose Kamala, so the task has fallen to Tulsi. And she did a great job of doing that. Uh, as Reason uh, Magazine points out, she calls Kamala Harris a drug warrior and a dirty prosecutor, and she's absolutely right. And I think the most offensive thing about this is that, uh, you know, first of all, she had no problem locking up all these people for marijuana, but then she virtue signals about being a pot user herself in order to curry favor with people. That's how hypocritical, how hollow, what an opportunist Kamala Harris is. And previous to this, uh, Tulsi Gabbard had said, uh, it's uh, really beyond the pale for you to come after Biden for being a racist, to try to go back and uh, virtue signal. With this little uh, thing that she did in the first debate, she already had her staff, her social media staff, with a picture of her getting ready to go to school, and they immediately tweeted that out. They were ready for that little prepared soundbite, coming after Biden, uh, playing the race card against him. And so Tulsi Gabbard took her down. But then I want to talk about the more important thing that came up uh, with Tulsi Gabbard, and that is uh, what she had to say later in the debate about al-Qaeda, which folds into all of these never-ending wars. The same type of stuff that General Flynn had said before the election. Same kind of stuff, really, that uh, Wesley Clark had alluded to. But here's what Tulsi Gabbard had to say later in the debate. Let's play video clip number three. I would like to bring in the, the person on the stage who served in Iraq, uh, Governor, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Congresswoman Gabbard, your response to what Vice President Biden just said. We were all lied to. This is the betrayal. This is the betrayal to the American people, to me, to my fellow service members. We were all lied to, told that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, was working with al-Qaeda, and that this posed a threat to the American people. 
So I enlisted after 9-11 to protect our country, to go after those who attacked us on that fateful day, who took the lives of thousands of Americans. The, the problem is that this current president is continuing to betray us. We were supposed to be going after al-Qaeda, but over years now, not only have we not gone after al-Qaeda, who is stronger today than they were in 9-11, our president is supporting al-Qaeda. Thank you, Congresswoman. Oh, so he immediately cuts her off. Kind of cut her off the same way that Google did. You know, she was trending after the first set of debates. Uh, Google shut down, blocked her ads uh, for six hours. That's why she's suing them. After the first debate, she said, after they did that to her, she said, people seem to feel that uh, this control of our speech that uh, Google and Facebook are exercising, she said, people seem to feel that this is a left-right issue rather than seeing it for what it is, which is a free speech issue. She said, companies like Google and Facebook literally have the power to influence our fair elections. Well, that is uh, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about what she had to say, because that's not the only thing she's had to say about how we are supporting al-Qaeda and supporting these regime change wars. Uh, we're going to get back to that uh, later in the broadcast. So I just want to remind you, we still have our sale that was part of the debate. We did a 40-hour broadcast. We have the Stop the Clowns storewide mega sale. We have 50% off all InfoWars Live formulas. Free shipping store-wide and double Patriot points. And we have many other items as well. Uh, 40% off the Alexa Pure uh, Gravity Feed water filter. You know, pure water came up in the first debate. Uh, so you can get that, again, at InfoWarsStore.com. We'll be right back. Last night, I'm on InfoWars.com, and I read, Chris Pratt criticized for T-shirt choice. It is literally the shirt that I envisioned. A Betsy Ross, but also another just classic American flag, all 50 stars, with the Gadsden snake superimposed over it. And on the back, America's back, InfoWars.com. But what's better than just an American flag? How about a don't tread on me under the flag? Saying don't tread on the American flag. It's a perfect combo. So great minds think alike. I mean, whoever designed that shirt, we'd already come up with the exact same similar design. It is the... The Don't Tread on Me American flag t-shirt inspired by the triggering of leftist of the shirt worn by Chris Pratt. But it's a you know battle tattered flag like the one that flew over Fort Sumner. And again on the back it says America's back, infowars.com. Four thousand of these babies. And that's it. So we've got the Betsy Ross version and the American flag version at infowarsstore.com being printed in the USA right now. Infowarsstore.com. We'll be right back. The most banned broadcast in the world. 